tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, the World Series has at least uh, half of its uh, contending field out there as the, the Nationals uh, swept the, the Cardinals and are into the fall classic. Uh, it, it, it surprised at all that the, it's, it's the Nationals uh, representing the National League there? Yeah, very much surprised. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, when, when you look at it, the way, you know, when the Indians were in there the last weekend of the regular season, they were rolling. You know, you could tell that was, a, you know, a serious ball club. Uh, but still, you know, to uh, go to the Dodgers and then, and then, the, uh, and then the Cardinals uh, and, you know, the Dodgers, especially a 106-win team, and, you know, they went to, you know, the limit with them and beat them. And then, uh, you know, they really smoked the, the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I would think that's, that's a surprise, obviously. It was interesting the way uh, Dave Martinez used his pitchers. You know, I thought maybe he'd burn out that rotation by, uh, you know, using, using uh, you know, Corbin and, and uh, Scherzer and, and uh, you know, it, as not only as starters but as relievers, you know, and, and – and Strasburg in the same way, but hey, it worked, man. And and uh, you know Howie Kendrick, how about Howie <laughs> Kendrick? What a series! Five hundred and thirty-seven year old Howie Kendrick. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. He can't catch a ground ball, but I mean, he can certainly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the one thing I take away from the Nationals being, uh, you know, in the World Series now is, and, and sort of a hopeful thing for for Indians fans, I guess, is if you look at how they got there and how they did it, it was, it was their starting pitching and it was their starting pitching being used in a variety of ways, but really it was those, you know, three or four top line starting guys got them to the world series. So that should give the Indians fans, you know, hope if, if, if starting pitching is what can get you there, then the Indians have that in, in abundance. Yeah. Especially with so many teams, Joe, going more to, you know, you get four or five innings out of your starter and then go to, you know, a 12-man bullpen or whatever it is. Uh, the Indians, you know, have been built, you know, the way the Nationals have been built. With, Like you said, they're, they're kind of their, – their strength is starting pitching and, you know, the ability to use it in different ways too. And, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know if you could use Kluber like that, you know, <laughs> if he's back but you, or Carrasco, but you could certainly use – Guys like uh, you know Clevenger and uh, and Bieber, I, I would think you you'd be able to you know manipulate those guys. Well, and funny you bring up Carrasco. Uh, the idea of and Carrasco and Kluber really uh, next year, those guys being inserted back into the starting rotation. Uh, do you see them? You know, each making thirty starts next year. Is that something that's possible for these guys or? With the, with the depth that the Indians have in their starting rotation, like you mentioned, Clevenger and Bieber, but you've also got Plesak and Savali who've, who've proven that they can step in and, and make some starts. Uh, you've got young guys like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rodriguez and Logan Allen, uh, you know, waiting and, and sort of knocking at the door there. Uh, you've got Adam Plutko who always seems to, you know, contribute in some way. Uh, do you see 30, 30 starts for Kluber and or Carrasco in, in the coming season? Well, I'm not sure about Carrasco, you know, just because of his health. You know, how, how are they going to manage that? How, what kind of offseason does he have? You know, what is his tolerance? You know, how, how is his conditioning? 
But I, you know, if Kluber's healthy, I, I would, I would imagine they're going to run him out there. I don't think you're going to, you know, see them, uh, you know, you know, really kind of handle him with kid gloves. They'll probably do that in spring training. But you know, if he's healthy, I think they'll turn him loose, and you know, he's going to give him 30, 33 starts. If you know, depending, you know, how how he holds up. Uh, but the you know Carrasco, you know, is kind of a question mark to me. I know you wrote you know, earlier that they, you know, he could maybe work in the bullpen as well. And I think that's a possibility. You know, he could maybe bounce between the pen and, and, and the rotation. Yeah. If there's any, if there's anybody in the rotation, who's, who's equipped to do that, it's, it's Carrasco just because he's done it before he's been a a starter and a reliever before. And he also, you know, sort of doesn't have the, the, the ego, I guess, uh, you know, you know, he wants to go out there and be the starting pitcher and anchor the rotation, but, if he's his value is highest as a as a reliever and a guy who can come in there and and get you outs and carry you at, at points, I, I think uh, he'll probably be willing to do that. Now he just signed a contract extension, and do you pay a, a reliever that much? But uh, I think you use him in a variety of roles if if he's healthy and you can. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen him, like you said, we've seen him do that before, even before this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he when they've had a, you know, when they've had to make a, when I, I remember just before the All Star break a couple of years ago, he came out of the bullpen and, and pitched in relief. You know, so uh, you know when you had that break and he could bounce back, and you know you had the All Star break to recover from. So I think he he's open to that, and uh, but we've just got to see, you know, how he recovers and. Uh, just where he's at health-wise, you know, come spring training and then when opening day rolls around. Well, where he's at physically right now is uh, somewhere in France. Uh, if you're watching his Instagram <laughs> stories, uh, he is the world traveler in the offseason. Uh, Carlos Carrasco posting from uh, all over Eastern Europe uh, in, in the last week or so. A lot of the Indians uh, players are off. I know Zach Plesak was in. Alaska, I think uh, Shane Bieber and his girlfriend were somewhere in Europe uh, on vacation. So uh, this is the time when those guys are are sort of uh, you know getting out there and 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 relaxing. Um, yeah, isn't he, isn't Plesek's brother from works in Alaska? Isn't he like a telephone pole re- repair man or something? I remember I, him coming in for his his big league debut. Maybe maybe they're both uh, working on the uh, on the. <laughs> all I know is that that Plesek posted a photo from inside some cave in Alaska. That <laughs> it was just stunning the the light the lighting and everything. So you know it's kind of fun to watch these guys and follow them in, in their off season uh, and. You know, then you've got the uh, you've got Wickren and Pluecki and Pluko, who all have uh, uh, one-year-old or younger uh, infant uh, sons, and they're going. To, I think uh, Nick Goody was in Disney World with his kid uh, on one of the rides. So it's it's really sort of fun to follow these guys. Uh, one player that we we followed uh, who always kicks off the off season for the Indians, sort of the unofficial uh, kickoff to the off season every year for the past couple of years uh, was Jason Kipnis who had his uh, annual shoe toss uh, at the end of the, the season uh, where he, he autographs a bunch of stuff and, and gives it to fans uh, outside the, the, the gates at progressive field. Uh, this one sort of felt a little different, obviously with the, uh, with the Indians saying that they're not going to be picking up his contract option uh, at the end of this year, uh, kind of bittersweet, but uh, to see Kipnis interact with the fans, 
and stay there for basically two hours until every last autograph was signed. Uh, that was kind of special. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I liked your coverage of that. And it's, you know, something, an annual event for uh, Kipnis. And it's, he's a good dude, man. He's, uh, it, I think, uh, you know, he liked playing in Cleveland. He still does. He likes the city. And I think uh, the fans are, you know, there's a, it's a two-way street with the fans. So yeah. that's, that's always nice to see. And uh, it's nice to see players interact with, with, with fans like that. You know, I don't think he, he, you know, lots of players do do stuff like that, but, you know, that, that kind of takes it to another level, I think. Yeah, and, and he sort of left the doors open, you know, maybe maybe not this season, but down the road at some point uh, for, for coming back. So who knows, you know, what, uh, what the possibilities are out there and where the Indians will be, uh, you know, how competitive they'll be in a couple of years to, you know, maybe have an opportunity. But uh, Kipnis definitely communicated his feelings on that, uh, you know, whether or not he'll be be back, if it's a possibility or not, it was it was just nice to see him out there on a on a really nice sunny day, just sort of hanging out with fans and, and interacting and and taking pictures and talking to him. Yeah, that's All cool. Right. That was really cool. All right, to, to sort of put a bow on the uh, the end of the regular season uh, for the Indians, uh, we did last week go over our picks for uh, some of these uh, awards that we. Um, we we handed out or, or we're, we're asking the fans to hand out uh, in with, with uh, poll voting here. Uh, so our picks for the um, the top players and the top performances by the Indians this year. Uh, the Joe Charbonneau Rookie of the Year Award fans voted, and the results: eighty-five uh, percent chose Oscar Mercado over Aaron Savali and Zach Klesak as the Indians. Rookie of the Year, uh, pretty much as we expected, right, right, Paul? Yeah, definitely. But he doesn't have to pull out his own tooth, tooth like uh, with a pair of pliers like Charbonneau does, right? Or, he doesn't. He's not re- performing <laughs> or open beer bottles with his eye, uh, eye, yeah. eye socket. That's, uh, he doesn't. He's not doing that. Yeah, no. Oscar, Oscar doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who uh, performs <laughs> his own dentistry. That's uh, that's it. Yeah, but I think yeah, definitely had a great year. Uh, you know, really came up in May, I think, uh, settled into that number two spot between uh, uh, Lindor and Santana and, uh, you know, played, played really, he had his moments in center field, but for the, for, for the most part, played very, very good defense, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I would think he's on a team with a lot of rookies that a lot of rookies had played very well and, and showed well, you know, I think Mercado was the guy. All right, just moving quickly through some of these. Uh, the Lou Boudreaux Indians Coach of the Year Award, uh, 74% of fans voting picked Terry Francona over Ruben Niebla and Carl Willis, uh, a, you know, the, probably one of the best coaching jobs this year that, that Francona has done in his career, just considering the, the number of injuries and to keep the team competitive uh, down the stretch. Yeah, no, no argument there. He, uh, Tito did a great job. Um, you know, they kind of ran out of gas at the, at the end of the year. Um, you know, they were basically playing playoff games since June 4th, from June 4th on to get mm-hmm. back in the race. They did, but they faded at the end. Uh, but just, just, just to get them back, you know, you don't see – when a team is down 11 and a half games, I mean, 
you know, like uh, Washington was out of it too. So, you know, right. Dave Martinez did a great job with the Nationals, but it's the same kind of thing. They just, you know, you really got to, you know, pull the right strings to uh, get your get your club back in contention. All right. The Bob Feller Pitcher of the Year Award, uh, 58% of voters picked Shane Bieber over Mike Clevenger and Brad Hand. Uh, Bieber really just sort of took everything to the next level this season. Yeah, and, you know, he was there. You know, he was there. You know, Clevenger got hurt, unfortunately. Hand struggled, you know, going down the stretch. You know, Bieber was the same guy. I mean, he he answered the bill. What, what, what do you have, 33 starts, 34 appearances, 33 starts? Mm-hmm. You know, that's ungodly for, for a guy in his first big league season. Pitched over, you know, over well over 200 innings. I think 200 innings, right? Right, it was two hundred fourteen and third. Yeah, and two hundred fifty or more strikeouts. You know, no question about it. The uh, Silver Slugger Joe Jackson Silver Slugger Award goes to Carlos Santana with a whopping eighty-three percent of the vote. Uh, interesting note: he beat uh, Roberto Perez, who was the next closest, with ten uh, percent, and Francisco Lindor finished with six and a half percent of the vote in that that award. So. Uh, the fans, uh, you know, overwhelmingly chose Carlos Santana, but uh, Roberto Perez gets a gets a little bit of uh, recognition for, you know, his outstanding season. Yeah, you know, definitely uh, uh, Santana, like Bieber, was there from day one and uh, really never never got out of the middle of the lineup. Kind of slumped a little bit at the end of the year, but uh, just a great overall year to and uh, to celebrate him his return to Cleveland. And uh, Perez, uh, definitely, you know, just kind of a, you know, just kind of a uh, coming out party for him in his ability to swing the bat, you know, for a full season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy for the entire season next year, just how much Roberto can perform. Uh, The Omar Vizquel Gold Glove Award for 2019 goes to uh, Roberto Perez with 62% of the vote uh, ahead of Lindor with 30%. And Oscar Mercado gets six and a half percent of the vote there. Uh, Perez, uh, in in all these fancy defensive metrics that you can throw out there, Roberto Roberto Perez was by far the best defensive catcher in in all of baseball this year. Yeah, I mean the guy what plays makes I don't know he played in 100, 119 games. Uh, I think 113, 114 starts, no pass balls, you know, throughout. I've, I've seen different stats on his on the the, his, uh, the numbers he's thrown guys out at. One had over 40%, one had 37%. Either one is outlandish, you know. Right. I mean, you know, anytime you get over 25% as a pitcher, as a catcher, you're, you're doing a great job controlling the running game. Well, it helps when you've got Clevenger and Plesak out there in the rotation, and those guys are – are, are loath to uh, to step away from first base all that much, uh, considering well, Plesac led the league with uh, six pickoffs this year. Yeah, and, and Clevenger's got a good pickoff move too. Yeah. Uh, the top play of 2019, as chosen by the Indians fans this year, Carlos Santana's grand slam against Minnesota uh, that you know was the first of two uh, sort of game-winning uh, home runs for – Santana and back-to-back days there uh, as the Indians had uh, tied and, and actually for a little while moved ahead of the the Twins uh, in, in August. Yeah, you know, that, that was Sunday afternoon at Target Field. Uh, hand at blowing the save. 
they go into the tenth inning and and uh, you know Santana gets a hand and the Indians off the hook with the game winning slam and uh, and then uh, like you said he came back the next day I think the very next day or maybe a day off next day next day was a Monday yeah, and they beat Boston beat the Royals or yeah beat Boston beat Boston in, in a walk off too so uh, yeah that that deserved I thought that was a great moment a big 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 moment of the season. Yeah, that play uh, beat out Oscar Mercado's leaping catch to save the game against the White Sox and Tyler Naquin's uh, line drive, grab, and double play against Detroit. Uh, The moment of the year for the Indians in 2019, as selected by the the fans, obviously we thought this was going to be very Carlos Carrasco heavy. Uh, It it came (laughs) – very, very. This was actually the closest vote out of any of our uh, our polls this week. Uh, the stand up to cancer moment during the All Star game with Carlos Carrasco and his teammates uh, got thirty three point four nine percent of the vote, and Carlos Carrasco returning to pitch against Tampa Bay got thirty three point zero three percent of the vote to finish second, one vote behind. So uh, that those two moments sort of top out, and they beat. Uh, Shane Bieber winning the All-Star Game MVP, and Jake Bowers hitting for the cycle against Detroit. So uh, very, very cookie-heavy when you when you look back on the 2019 season uh, and, and think about you know stuff outside of uh, you know the the chalk lines there, uh, the Carlos Carrasco overcoming uh, a leukemia diagnosis and getting back on the mound uh, it, it really weighs has a lot of weight with a lot of the fans. Yeah, I I. I... I agree totally with the fans. That was, those were both great moments, uh, really emotional moments, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they just uh, really, they stick with you. You probably never forget those moments. Well, another moment that we will never forget, uh, the Manny Ramirez bonehead moment of the year, (laughs) 2019, overwhelmingly chosen by the fans as Trevor Bauer uh, chucking a ball over the outfield fence in Kansas City. Uh, pretty much the last, uh, the lasting image that we ha- we will have of Trevor Bauer uh, in an Indians uniform, as it, really it was it, it was more about Tito's reaction when he got out there to pull him out, just asking him what the heck he was thinking when when he did that. But uh, that beat out Yasiel Puig not running out the ground ball in Minnesota, uh, the Tribe uh, getting swept in a doubleheader against the Twins uh, when they were doing bullpen days, both games and uh, Brad Hand giving up a grand slam to KC after he had pretty much been lights out up until that point in the season. Yeah, I mean, as, as somebody very close to the Indians said, Bauer came in long tossing, and he went out long tossing. So you got you to gotta love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's just – it's not the way that he wanted his legacy in Cleveland to be, <laughs> be written, but, you know, he, he sure – Hey, he sure did it. <laughs> wow. He made, he left, he left in style. He left. Yeah. The... <laughs> I said, I, I, Mercado's reaction to that ball going over his head like that. It looked, it looked like he heard gunshots the way he reacted. Did he was, did he oh my God. It was, it was <laughs> wonderful. So uh, I, I have never been in a more awkward and uncomfortable clubhouse after a, a loss than, than that game in Kansas city. Now that's uh, you know, that's the thing. Sunday. Bauer could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Even after a win, he could do that. <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, wrap up the awards with the Al Rosen MVP award for 2019. 
candidates were Carlos Santana, Francisco Lindor, Roberto Perez, Shane Bieber, and Mike Clevenger. And the Indians fans voted and chose overwhelmingly 69.7% voted for Carlos Santana. Uh, really, sort of by all measures and by all uh, by uh, by any means, he's the Indians' man of the year this year. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I mean, he he just did he did everything. He he there was such joy in him being back in Cleveland, and you know he was able to uh, bring that to the field in his performance and uh, just the the fact that he you you could tell he was just happy to be back and uh, and he played like. It. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our uh, awards portion of the podcast today. Uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, the announcement of the BBWAA finalists uh, coming up after the World Series. Uh, the Indians should have some contenders, I would hope, I would think, in some of those awards. Uh, uh, certainly, Shane Bieber should get some consideration. Uh, Oscar Mercado for, for Rookie of the Year is a possibility, an outside chance. Uh, even Terry Francona is a, a you know a couple of manager of the year votes. Uh, I, I don't think uh, the Indians might not have a chance to 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 win any of those awards, but you know just being nominated and being a finalist is is recognition enough in in some cases. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't see a winner there this year. You know, I I see uh, you know there's a, there's really good rookies. I mean, Mercado, you know, in any in maybe another year. I think, but uh, the kid in uh, Houston. Just that kid, a, Jordan Alvarez is an absolute animal. I, yeah, I, I mean, he had a great deal. And, and he came up in June. I, that was, yeah. But whatever. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into some questions here. Let's take three uh, questions real quick, and then we'll wrap up uh, with a little bit of conversation about the remaining uh, Indians, former Indians in the playoffs. Okay, uh, this is from uh, Tyler uh, from Tyler in Chagrin Falls. I know Bobby Bradley struggled at the big league level this year, but why didn't the Indians call him up when the rosters expanded? And what is the, what are the tribe's plans for Bradley next year? Well, I you know not everybody gets a call up just because they were they made an appearance during the season. And really there was, they were in the mode of sort of fighting for a playoff spot there. Uh, Bobby Bradley wasn't going to see the field. I don't think uh, in, in September. So there's not a lot of point to, to bring him up at that, at, at that juncture. Uh, yeah. I, as far as what their plans are for him, I'm sure they're going to invite him to big league camp. I'm sure he's going to get a chance to, to work out with the, the, the big leaguers, but I, I see AAA as his destination uh, at the end of spring training for sure. Yeah, he's uh, you know Joe. I mean, like you said, they were still trying to win the win, get into the postseason in September. You know, where's he going to play? You've got uh, Reyes. You know, is is going to play? Uh, he's going to DH, so he can't DH. They want to see Reyes as much as possible. They they still want to see Santana at first base, and you got Bowers up. You know, to play first base as well. So. I don't think there was a place, like you said, you're not going to bring a guy up just to sit in the bench. And I, you know, Bradley's Bradley, the, the, the addition of Reyes is, you know, put Bradley in, in a tough spot to me. I mean, if, if Ray, you know, Reyes isn't going to be the everyday right fielder mm -hmm. and Santana's still here for another year, at least to play first base. So 
you know, I, I think, like you said, Bradley, you know, Bradley could be, uh, you know, he could be spending uh, a lot of time in, in Columbus again, unless, you know, he's, you know, they want him, obviously, they want him to come to camp in better shape. You know, they don't, they don't want a 250 pound, 260 pound, you know, first baseman. And uh, so if, you know, he's going to, I think that's the first step. You know, if he comes to camp in shape when he, and, and he's healthy, you know, I mean, if he, I mean, not, and he's well, still, still and, got and his two strength. years ago, two years ago, we lost too much weight. Is uh, and, and then, you know, he puts it back on and now he can't, can't move around. Yeah. Uh, they also need to be consistent with their message to him. I think. Right. Yeah. I think you're, yeah, that's a good point, but he's got to find a happy medium. You know, he's still got what two options left. So, you know, this kid isn't going, I mean, he's got a tough road in front of him. And, you know, if, if you could take uh, the addition of Reyes as a, as a, as a big wake up call, if he, if he, if he takes it that way, I mean, that, that, that's what it looked like to me. Right. And well, what do you, what do you think uh, this talk about, Oh, well, we don't want Framil Reyes to just be a DH. Uh, Framil Reyes is just going to be a DH. Uh, let, know, let's be honest here. Unless, you know, they want him, he weighs 280 pounds. They want him to lose weight. Oh. But I mean, you've got a guy that's going to hit 40 home runs. I don't care where he plays, just play him, you know? And Right. Right, but yeah, okay. Forty home run guys, like Terry Francona said, they don't they don't grow on trees. But you you want him to lose weight to be comfortable, so that he doesn't put a lot of pressure on his knees or his back. That's about it. As long as he's healthy, he still can't play the outfield. He's he is a a, a liability in right field. I there when you have other options. So yeah, yeah there's we've I, heard that we've heard this before. Fram- you know? Okay, Framil Reyes is going to start 110 games at DH. There's, there's no two ways about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree. And, uh, and you know, when – and baseball is funny. You know, like in football, a guy is supposed to – they want a guy to come to camp uh, lighter, so he loses like 30 pounds. In baseball, if you lose six pounds, you know, okay, you've done your job. You know? <laughs> and, and you gain six pounds back in one day, so it doesn't make it <laughs> – yeah, the the meals on the road enough are are, are enough to make your weight fluctuate uh, back and forth, and that's that's talking about the press dining. So, so uh, what else do we have in terms of questions here? Okay, uh, this is from Lou Torty from Kanata, Canada. Okay. Uh, we had an awesome pitching staff two years ago, and Mickey Callaway was our pitching coach. Any chance of him coming back? No. Yeah, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> These are easy questions. Um, yeah, no, zero chance of Mickey, Mickey Calloway coming back to the Indians and working under Terry Francona. Uh, maybe there's a I, – I believe they're still paying him, so he can sit out yeah. a year, uh, possibly be an analyst or something. But, boy, Mickey sort of developed a, a bit of an attitude or, or a perception of, a, of an attitude and I, I guess that's what dealing with the New York media will do uh, on a daily basis. But uh, he he didn't win very many very much favor uh, uh, by the way he handled himself there in in New York. He he might need to do some image rehab before he uh, he gets another big league job. Yeah, it's you know like you said the the Mets owe him a, a year's pay. You know I think he'll sit back maybe uh, you know just kind of collect himself. Uh, you know, the one thing, the Mets did play hard for him, especially down the stretch. After all the turmoil they had, you know, they, all, they, they made a run at the wild card. And, uh, 
you know, they, they did do a, you know, they, 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 in that way he didn't lose the club, but I think, uh, you know, some of his, you know, a lot of his moves were called into question, you know, his in game stuff was called into question. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think he's open to analytics. He's all, you know, he's a big, big into that, but you're right. I mean, this, that was a tough gig going into New York, your first managerial job to go there with the Mets you know, they change GMs and the GM, the guy, the, the new GM isn't your guy, the guy that hired you. So it was, he had a lot of things stacked against him. I would, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mickey, you know, was, was maybe the Indians brought him back as a special assistant to Antonetti for a year, like they did with Tito. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, but he's, he's got, a, he's got a year off now, but he's still a young guy. And, you know, I think he could always be, a, go back to being a pitching coach, but, uh, it, it seems to me he wants to be a manager. So uh, this is from Tim Gor Corbett uh, out of Ladder, Ladder Ranch, California. He goes, I stick up for Dolan on social media as I feel he is a good steward of the Indians, Indian franchise, and our excellent front office executives enjoy working for him in Cleveland. In your opinion, what is the exact genesis of the anti-Dolan sentiment that has infected so many Tribe fans? You know, I, I think, Joe, I think this goes back to when Larry Dolan initially bought the ball club. They break up the, the, that great 1990s ball club. You know, they, they tried to – they I think he, in 1990 they, they tried to – you know, they, they, went, they went for it. It didn't work. Uh, no, that was – no, 90 maybe, – maybe 91, I think. That, that was the last year of the, you know, the big – they had the big salary, big names. A lot of the guys from the 90s were still on that club. Then in 92, they broke it up. And uh, I think people resented that. And I think, uh, you know, people have, uh, you know, trading con consecutive Cy Young winners is still something that gets brought up. But, you know, that was a long time ago. I think, you know, I in, in a way I agree with the uh, with this uh, with this letter, with this uh I think they've, they've done a decent job, you know, uh, running the franchise, keeping the franchise in Cleveland and keeping them competitive from year to year. And it, a lot of that goes to the front office of, you know, they knew what they were getting into Antonetti and Chernoff and Francona, all those guys, every manager that has been here knows they're, they're This isn't Boston. This isn't the Dodgers. This isn't, uh, uh, New York that they're, you're, you're really going to have to, uh, you're going to have to out, try to outsmart the other guy. You're going to have to try to find bargains and uh, you, cause, because you're not going to outspend them. And uh, I think uh, that's reality. And, you know, the tribe fans that, that have not accepted that are, you know, they're, they're, you're not going to change their minds. Right. Yeah. I agree with the, uh, the, the reader there who, who said the, the front office does, does deserve a lot of the credit, uh, you know, for making Dolan, you know, look good throughout this, this stretch. But, uh, you know, when you, when you come out and you say things like, uh, you know, en enjoy Francisco Lindor while he's here, uh, you sort of call, you sort of bring it upon yourself when you do, do things like that. So. But wouldn't uh, you rather have a guy like that that's honest than some guy that's going to, you know, sell you pie in the sky? Yeah. And, and I think it, 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 it what the problem is, Indians fans see it for what it is and they realize, yeah, we're not going to be able to keep them. So that's, 
it, the, the dose of reality is what they're they're objecting to. It's not yes, necessarily sir. Dolan. I, I that's the problem. So yeah, and, I don't know. And, they, and, and the Dolans, you know, I mean, this isn't their fault, but well, you know, the fact that they haven't won a World Series since 1948. I mean, there was a lot of owners, a lot of GMs, a lot of front offices between them and the time, you know, they bought this club. And I think, you know, the weight of that somehow sometimes, you know, uh, you know, turns fans off. You know, obviously they're tired of waiting. Well, and, and, and of course, they'll always fall back on, uh, well, he – he backed down to Rob Manfred over the Chief Wahoo thing, and in order to get the uh, the All Star game, uh, the, the, they'll they'll bring that up too. And, and I I don't know about that. I, I guess that's a, a valid point, but it's not the worst thing in the world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, and, and that the name was going to change eventually. It it it, they, it changed then. I think Manfred forced their hand, but there was people in the organization. That were that were you know that wanted to change uh, to you know dump Chief Wahoo. It, it's been that way for years. The Dolans were the ones, frankly, that that wouldn't change it. And uh, you know, and and I don't think is that you, you. And you know, I know it smells fishy. You know, they they dump the you know Chief Wahoo goes and and you unexpectedly get a uh, you know an All Star game. Were the two related? You know, you can you know I, you know Manfred says no. The Indians say no. But uh, you know, perception sometimes is is uh, rings truer than reality. Hey, it could be worse. He could be Dan Snyder in the NFL. I, it, 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 that's 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 all you can really say. All right, uh, let's let's uh, shift gears here and, and just talk for you know a, a couple of seconds here about uh, the Indians players, the former Indians players. Heck, uh, Paul, you know, twenty five percent of the. 2017 roster that didn't make it to the ALCS that year after winning 102 games uh, winds up in the, uh, the the league championship series round with Michael Brantley, Joe Smith, Edwin Encarnacion, Gio Urshela, uh, Andrew Miller, and Jan Gomes all, uh, you know, one series win away from the World Series uh, this year. It was, it was the, the unfulfilled promise of 2017 uh, at least five, six guys, uh, you know, got their shot at it this year. Yeah, definitely. And then look at, you know, Boone, you've got uh, in the Yankees, Aaron Boone, you know, former Indian, he's managing the club and, uh, you know, uh, he's on, on the roster. Yeah. Cameron Maven, you know, a guy that was in the minor league system for the tribe at the start of the season. He's, he's, he's had a pretty good postseason. You know, in, in with Washington, is Drubal, is Drubal Cabrera and Gomes are going to the World Series. Gomes' his second World Series in what the four years? That's not mm-hmm. bad. And he hit three oh eight too in the, in the postseason. So so he's done a nice job. And uh, uh, you know I I you know I got <laughs> I got to bring up one of my favorite guys, Tomlin. I know that Atlanta got eliminated, but Tomlin, you know, who <laughs> threw three and two thirds scoreless innings in the postseason for the Braves. So, you know, he could still bring it a little bit. Rich Hill from the to, Dodgers. To, to be fair with Tomlin, though, those, some of those innings were after uh, um, St. Louis had gone up by, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, 10 runs or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 10 run first inning. Oh, let's put Tomlin out there for a couple innings. We're good. Yeah. Yandy Diaz had the big wild card game oh. and then kind of disappeared. Uh, but uh, after not well, playing. Yandy Diaz, Diaz did just enough. Uh, in in the postseason for 
to, to give us enough fodder and have enough people write in and, and complain about the Jake Bowers trade. <laughs> yeah. That was the curse of Yandy Diaz. It's like, ah, I'm not going to hit throughout the whole playoffs. I'm just going to do one game and you know do enough damage to, to make uh, Joe and Paul have to work extra hard. That's, that's <laughs> and Joey Wendell, you know, the second baseman, minor league <sighs> second baseman for, for Tampa Bay. So, so what, what you're saying is the Indians had their fingerprints all over this. Uh, yeah, this basically. And then my favorite, you know, Jose Martinez for the Cardinals didn't play. I mean, he didn't play for the Indians, but his father, Carlos Martinez, did. <laughs> and Carlos hit the ball off uh, Kinseko's head for the home run at the old uh, at old Cleveland Stadium, <laughs> which is one of my best moments ever <laughs> against the Rangers. <laughs> and he crosses like- Carlos crossed the home plate, blowing kisses to the crowd. He was laughing so hard. That was that was the best moment. One of the best moments. We, we you can rewind that over over and over again. Look up the highlight on on YouTube. It's still how did that ball get out over the fence after it hit Conseco in the head? It's, it's mind boggling. And in the locker room after the game, he came out with his hat on, his Texas Rangers cap on, with a bandage on it. On the there was a bandage on the cap. Yeah, that's great. We're sitting – and Tom Grieve, the, the Texas GM, was sitting that, right in the press box with us, you mm-hmm. know, when, when, we, when it was happening. And, you know, he's sitting in the front row with the writers, and everybody is howling. You know, they're killing themselves laughing. And Grieve looks like he wants to, like, kill somebody. <laughs> he was not amused. <laughs> wow. That's, that's great. That, that, and where, when you were at the old stadium, how far – like – was it – did it happen, like, really far away? Was it hard to see from where you were? Or was no, it... you could see it. You know, you fo- followed the ball, and you could you could see it as clear as day. And That's... I think I, they had the replay, but it was it was clear as day what happened. That's great. All right. Uh, well, Paul, uh, as, as we move deeper into the playoffs now, it gets closer to uh, the end of the World Series. The end of the World Series is what's going to trigger all of our – off-season moves and, uh, you know, roster sort of configuration. Uh, lots of stuff uh, upcoming. What, what do we have to look forward to uh, in, in the coming weeks as, you know, things, the picture, the off-season picture gets a little clearer for the Indians? Well, you know, as soon as the World Series ends, the last game, you know, the free, every player, the player is eligible for free agency file. You know, they, they automatically become free agents, you know, so guys like Kipnis, uh, you know, uh, you know, Puig, uh, those guys will be, you know, they'll, they'll hit the, they'll, they'll uh, become free agents. Then you have what that five day quiet period mm-hmm. where they're only their old, their original teams can talk to them, but you, if you can also, other teams can express interest. They just can't talk money. Can't so, uh, and then, you know, five days after that, the, it's, it's open season. So, you know, that, that's the big thing. And then, uh, you know, you've got the winter meetings in December. You've got the Rule 5 draft. Then, uh, you know, uh, salary arbitration figures get exchanged, I think, in January. And the Indians got what, like seven? They got like nine guys eligible right. for arbitration. Yeah, so. you look at you – they announced they're not going to pick up Kipnis's option. Uh, that's that's what, like a $14 million? $16 million. It's yeah. not like that $16 million is out there for them to spend. Uh, it's it's going to be sucked up in arbitration raises for Francisco Lindor, Mike Clevenger, uh, and various and sundry uh, bullpen arms and, and bats and whatnot. 
Yeah, and it's going to be, I mean, you know, the, the big question, what do you do with Danny Salazar? He is still eligible for arbitration. Hey, with do, you, do you really have a question about what they're going to do with Danny Salazar? Is it, is it really a question, or are you just saying that? Because no, I just, that is I just, not a big question. He's still, the, you know, still an entity on this team is interesting. I mean, I guess you'd non-tender him probably in December, what, December 20th maybe? I think is the non-tender date or December. I think December second is the non-tender second, date. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, the 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 candidate he is definitely a candidate. Uh, Cody Anderson, a possibility. Uh, he's, AJ he's, Cole, AJ Cole, even even a Tyler Naquin on a lesser extent would be a possibility. Uh, you know, considering the 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 glut of sort of mid-level outfielders that they have, uh, depending on what you think you're going to be able to get, get out of them uh, in, in next season. You try to resign. I, I wouldn't do it with, with Naquin. I, no, I, mean, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I think. But he's still got, what, seven to nine months of rehab you're looking at. Right. He's not, he's not going to be ready to, uh, until midway through the season. So maybe you, you do not tender him with the, with the idea of re-signing him for a mm-hmm. lesser amount. I think he was – he was scheduled to make, or the you know, like one and a half million, something like that. One point eight, one point eight million, something like that. So, so we'll see, we'll see. But that's those are you know, and there's always you know that always un, the unexpected comes up, you know. So, winter ball, something happens in winter ball. There's always something going on. right. Well, and and you know, I sort of got the feeling and the indication from those around the team that this is expected to be a pretty quiet offseason uh, on a lot of fronts. So don't expect uh, the Christmas Eve uh, miracle of an Edwin Encarnacion uh, signing or, or the like. Um, you know, expect a lot more of heading into spring training, looking to, to bottom feed for a, a third baseman or a second baseman and maybe an outfield bat. Uh, a lot more Carl – a lot more uh, Carlos Gonzalez's and Hanley Ramirez's than uh, than Edwin Encarnacion's and you know you know sort of top level free agent signings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see where the payroll settles. Out. All right. Well, we will keep an eye on all that and uh, check in again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Paul, well, good to talk to you again. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.